Haggai chapter number 2 this morning. I want you to look with me. The book of Haggai chapter number 2. And uh, I want to share a little thought with you out of this chapter this morning. And uh, Haggai chapter number 2. That's 962 in your old King James Schofield Bible. And if you'll go to the Matthew and go back to Malachi, Zechariah, Haggai. If you can't find it then, just look down and fake it. Right? Haggai chapter 2. A little thought I want to share with you out of this chapter this morning. I've enjoyed being here this week. And uh, I really have enjoyed being here. I sure have. And I appreciate the Lord letting us be here. And, of course, we're supposed to be here when we're not somewhere else. And I am here when I'm not somewhere else. And that makes good sense, don't it? I'm here when I'm not somewhere else. But anyhow, when I'm not somewhere else, preaching is what I meant. And, uh, but it is so good to be here. And I know his name. His name is Brian Beasley. I know his name. And his name is Scotty. Josh. Y'all get old one day. You sure will. My wife and I are so old. When we order three-minute eggs, they make us pay up front. That's pretty old. Our Heavenly Father, as we look into the Word of God this morning, I sure want to be a blessing and I want to be a help. Lord, you've been working these thoughts in my heart all week long about this Sunday school time and this particular service this morning. And I pray you'll take the Word of God and work in our hearts today and do that that's needed. As we look into the little book of Haggai this morning, I pray that you'll speak to us today out of the Word of God. I do pray again today that it be more than black ink on white paper. But I pray not only to be the written Word, but the living Word in our heart. And I pray our hearts will be turned and changed from the results of the preaching and the teaching of the Word of God this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. I'll read in just a minute before I read. I want to say just two or three real quick things about the little book of Haggai this morning. When you study the book of Haggai this morning, you'll find that it's the second smallest book in the Old Testament, the book of Obadiah being the smallest book. We call the book of Haggai this morning a minor prophet. He's one of our minor prophets. I think there was 12 of them, and I enjoyed studying them. We taught those minor prophets in the Bible college, and, uh, and I enjoyed studying the minor prophets. And because it's a minor prophet this morning, that doesn't mean that its message is not important. Its message is just as important as some of the others. He just doesn't have as much to say as Isaiah and Jeremiah and some of the other prophets. Uh, so we call it this morning, we call it a minor prophet this morning. And again, his message is very important today. Uh, you study all the minor prophets. I'm going to preach out of another one of them tonight. And you study all the minor prophets, you'll find that they really do have something to say. And, uh, and I love studying the minor prophets. When you come to this particular minor prophet here, you'll find in 538 B.C., that's before Christ, you'll find there was 15,000 Jews left Babylon and come back to the homeland. And when they came back, they came back to rebuild the house of God. That's the purpose of this book, uh, to rebuild the house of God. And because of the enemy, if you'll study in chapter number 1, because of the enemy, they was discouraged and quit building on the house of God. In this chapter here, he tells them, go up into the mountain and bring down wood. 
and build a house. He said, you dwell in your sealed houses and the house of God lying waste. So he's talking about the house of God. And because of the enemy and because of discouragement, they quit working on the house of God. And Haggai's commission was, and his job was, was to encourage the people of God to get back on the job. And instead in chapter number one, we're going to read chapter two in a minute, but instead in chapter number one, you'll find there is a call to build. Those first eight verses, our Haggai talks about that. There is a call to build. Then in chapter number one, verse nine through 15, there is a call to behold. And we're not going there because it's a message within itself. When you come to chapter two, there's a call to behave. Then there's a call to believe. And he closes out the book in chapter number two. Notice in verse number 19. The Bible said, is a seed yet in the barn. Yeah, uh, let's read it right. Is a seed yet in the barn. As yet the vine and the fig tree and the pomegranate and the olive tree have not brought forth. From this day will I bless thee. I want you to notice the statement that's found in verse 19. There's a question asked in verse 19. And I want to say I love this display here on the communion table. Man, I love that. I'm telling you, that's a wonderful, visible illustration. I knew that sitting back, you can't see that. There's seed here on the communion table. And uh, and I take that that's probably juju seed. I'm not sure about all that. uh, But anyhow, there's seed there. Of course, I'm sure it's grace seed here on the table. And uh, it's the seed is coming out of the barn. And what a picture and what a wonderful illustration that is this morning. And the question is asked here in our text today, is the seed yet in the barn? Now, if you notice in that question today, the Bible, by the way, the Bible asks a lot of questions. But the Bible never asks a question what the Bible doesn't always answer that question. And uh, so I, I, I want to say to you this morning, in this question today, there's only seven words. Is the seed yet in the barn? That's only seven words that's matching there. Uh, but I want to say sometimes in the Bible, if you study the Bible, you'll find that volumes is said sometimes in just a few words. And uh, that is so true. For instance, uh, you know what a proverb is? A proverb is a short saying drawn from a long expression. That's what a proverb is this morning. And that's the reason Solomon gives the book of Proverbs. Uh, it's a pro- if you look in chapter 10, through chapter number 20 of the book of Proverbs, you'll find it's the Proverbs of Solomon. And what I mean by that is it's the sayings of Solomon. Of course, he wrote the whole book of Proverbs, but in uh, chapter 10 through chapter 20, it's his own special sayings that he uses. And a proverb today is a short saying uh, drawn from a long expression. I know a lot of people need to learn the meaning of Proverbs, but anyhow, I, I, I want to say this to you today, a proverb today, it's just a short saying. And so it is here in our text today. It is a short saying, only seven words today, is a seed yet in the barn. Now to understand this text today, you need to understand what he's talking about. Uh, There's two types I want you to see with me this morning, and then I'll get into what I want to say. Notice, first of all, the question is asked, is a seed. Now what is the seed he's talking about? And of course, if you can see the communion table this morning, you see the seed that's coming out of the barn. You also see the corn that's here beside of it. And the question is asked today, is the seed yet in the barn? Now, when you study about the seed in the Word of God, it's the type of the Word of God. That's what seed is today. It's the type of the Scriptures this morning. Uh, for the Word of God is quick and it's the type of the Scriptures today. The Bible says in 1 Peter chapter number 1, verse 23, being born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible seed, by the Word of God. 
Uh, so the seed is a picture of the scripture today. And I want to say this today. Thank God for the seed of the word of God. As a small child, I heard the gospel story as a small child, the seed of the word of God was planted in my heart. Now, you don't plant seed and get to harvest the same day. It doesn't work that way. And uh, there's a time of cultivating, there's a time of working it. Uh, but I want to say as a small child, I heard the word of God, and the seed was planted in my heart. I could have got saved when I was young. Boy, I wish I'd have got saved when I was six years old. I wish I'd have got saved when I was seven years old. I did not, but I wish I had of, and I could have. Because the seed was planted in my heart. So I want to say this morning, the seed here that he's talking about is a picture of the scriptures today. And let me just say this about that seed today. If you study about the seed, you'll find that it's powerful today. The word of God, the seed of the word of God is very powerful today. For the word of God, Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12, for the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. That's why the liberals don't like our King James Bible. Can I get a witness? Uh, because it cuts this morning. It's powerful this morning. Uh, the word of God, I want to say the seed is powerful. But they don't say this right quick about that seed. That seed is productive today. If you'll sow the seed, you'll have a harvest. I want to say that again. If you'll sow the seed, you'll have a harvest. And that seed is productive today. And for that seed to be productive, you need three things. Get this down. Number one, you need seed. Number two, you need soil. And number three, you need sowers. Now, the seed this morning is the scriptures. Now, the soil is the souls of man. And the sowers are the saints of God. That's a pretty good outline. And uh, so I want to say, for it to be productive this morning, we got to sow that seed. It's powerful, and for it to be productive today, uh, we must sow that seed. And uh, sow the seed everywhere. If you study the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 13, you'll find there was a sower, and he went out to sow seed. Now, he didn't do it like you do green beans and corn. Uh, you just drop it a little bit here and a little bit here. That's not the way he's doing it. He broadcasted that seed. And uh, I have a thing where I, I broadcast seed. I sowed some seed this week. And uh, you broadcast it. You just scattered everywhere. And in Matthew 13, you'll find that sower, he goes forth and sow. And uh, the Bible fell. The Bible talks about how the seed fell on different ground. Some of it fell by the wayside. Some of it fell on stony places. Some of it fell among thorns, but thank God some of it fell on good ground. And let me just tell you something today. Uh, there's no bad seed, there's just bad soil. Are you listening to me? Uh, so the seed is productive, the seed is powerful. But I'll tell you something else real quick about that seed. Uh, that seed is plentiful. And what I mean by that is there's enough to go around. Aren't you glad there's enough to go around today? There's enough for everybody today. And again, I made mention this week during the conference about Calvinism. And uh, Calvinism is killing a lot of churches. And uh, liberalism and Calvinism and legalism will kill a church. And uh, I've seen that happen over and over and over again. And I want to say this morning, I am not a Calvinist. I'm not an Armenian. I'm a Christian. Say amen. <laughs> and I just want to say this to you this morning. Uh, that seed today is plentiful today. And when I say that, I mean that this, this way. There's enough to go around. There's enough for everybody. There's 7.7 .7 billion people on planet earth. And I talked to you about those different countries this week. And I'm glad there's enough of the seed of the word of God to go around today. So I want to say first of all, I'll be introduced in this text this morning. The seed is a picture of the scriptures. But then notice the text again. It said it's a seed yet where? Help me out. In the barn. Now the barn this morning is a picture of the sanctuary. Or it's a picture of the house of God. And the question is asked this morning, is the seed yet in the barn? 
And again, that barn is a picture of the church or the sanctuary, if you want to alliterate it. Uh, it's a picture of the sanctuary this morning. And I'll just say this to you today. The seed in the house of God by itself is not enough. We've got to get the seed out. We've got to sow the seed. We've got to get the seed out. And uh, are you listening to me this morning? Hey, the Bible is a seed. And our job and your job and my job is to sow that seed. Now, we're here in the house of God. We're in the seed bed. We're in here this morning. We're it all the time. And your pastor and our pastor preaches it every week. And we have it in here. But the question is asked today, is that seed yet in the barn? And if it's yet in the barn, it won't get the job done. My job and your job is to get the seed out of the barn and thank God sowed that seed this morning. I remember some time ago I was coming up the road. And I came to this place. It's called Heal, Seed, and Feed. And it was a farmer place where you sell corn and sell seeds and stuff and they had a great old big sign out front about a certain deer mixture they had and in that deer mixture they, 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 it's their own blend they put it together and they don't guarantee you'll get a deer but they do everything but guarantee it and so I felt led to stop and so I stopped and I didn't buy one bag I bought two bags and uh, you say, wow, well, I, that seed, I had it in the back of my truck. And uh, I was busy, busy, busy during that time. And I, I must have hauled that seed 20,000 miles. I, every time I'd get in my truck, I'd see those two bags of seed in the back of my truck. And I'd say to myself, I've got to sow that seed. I've got to sow that seed. You say, why would you go and sow the seed? Well, you sow the seed, and the stuff comes up, and the deers come and eat it, and then you eat the deers. Huh? But anyhow, listen to me. I know there's some liberals in this world thinks I'm so wicked. And uh, they're the same environmental people. Let's don't go there. But anyhow, listen to me. Uh, every time I got my truck, I said, I got to get that seed out of my truck. The seed in the truck don't get the job done. I had to sow the seed. And may I say to you this morning, the seed in the house of God is not enough. We do have it in the house of God, and thank God for that. And thank God we have a church and we have a pastor. And you as a church and we as a church, because I'm a member here, we as a church, we have the right kind of seed. We don't have corruptible seed. Uh, no, no, we got the right kind of seed. And uh, by the way, did you know the seed we got is a certified seed? Certified's guaranteed. Hello, I'm about to get happy. You know what I found out a long time ago? If you'll preach this book, it'll get the job done. And if you'll sow this seed, you'll get the job done. You'll see folks say, they might not get saved the first time. They might not get saved the second time. Old Dr. Seitler used to say, I'll tell you what, I'm going to preach this morning. And when I get in there preaching, if somebody don't get saved, I'll be back tonight. I'll go home this evening. I'll reload my gun. I'll be back tonight. If they don't get saved tonight, I'll be back Wednesday night. And I'll say that's the way you sow seed this morning. And uh, seed don't come up the first day you sow it. It doesn't work that way. I wish it would, but it doesn't work that way. And uh, I've never went out and planted green beans and got green beans the same day. I may have got green beans the same day, but I didn't get them off a vine. Got them out of a tin can. Are you listening? So I, I want to say to you this morning, the seed is a picture of the Scriptures. The barn today is a picture of the sanctuary or the house of God. And our job this morning is to get the seed out of the barn. The seed in the barn is not going to do any good. You know what my daddy used to say every year about April? Hey, boys, go down and get the seed out of the barn. You know what daddy would do? He would hold seed over from one year to the next year. Some of y'all don't know what I'm talking about. When my father-in-law passed away, He's been dead, uh, I guess, 10 years now. And when he passed away, my family and my wife's family uh, was cleaning the house out there. And uh, he had a large, matter of fact, I think he had two, if I'm thinking right, big freezers in the basement. And in those freezers, 
He, he, I don't know how many seed that he had laid over in there. He had some seed that you can't buy. He called them the sun glass green beans. You can't buy that kind of seed. And he would lay it over. He'd keep it from year to year. And, uh, and you know what he would do? About April or May, he'd get the seed out and he'd take it to the field and sow it. Listen to me. The seed in the barn will not get it done. But if we'll get the seed out of the barn and sow the... That's what missions is about. That's what missions is about, his sowing seed. You see, we don't know. And by the way, the more you sow, the more you're going to have. Huh? Yeah, the more you sow, the more you're going to have. I, I can't hardly imagine this. All over this country, there's people that has three and four and five hundred acres of tobacco. I, I can't get my mind around that. When I was growing up, Brother Robert, we had three acres. It liked to kill us. Man, it was a job. And what made me so mad about that, my daddy would trade help. There was seven of us. And he would trade with somebody that just had two people. And we'd have three acres. They'd have five acres. Some, some, somehow they don't smell right about that. But anyhow, I, but, but, but listen to me. The more seed you sow, the more harvest you're going to have. And that's what missions is about today. Of course, you sow seed here in Low Gap, and I do too. And we do here. And that's the right thing to do. But I'll tell you something. We, we ought to sow seed here. And uh, we ought to sow it other places too. And the more you sow, the better harvest you're going to have. Isn't it going to be good when we get to heaven one day after a while at the beam of seed of Christ? They're going to come from all four corners of the earth and heard the gospel as results of the amazing Grace Baptist Church uh, sending missionaries out around the world. And they have heard the gospel. The seed has been planted because you as a church and I as a church helped send them around the world. That's going to be a good day. That's going to be a good day. So the question is asked. Now I've got to get to my text. The question is asked this morning, is the seed yet in the barn? Now, I want to give you two or three reasons why the seed remained in the barn. And look up here and listen to me. The seed, if it's still in the barn, it's not going to get the job done. That, that doesn't do a bit of good. we got to get it out and sow it. That's not going to do a bit of good. Uh, last Saturday, I had a guy come over to my house and drill my yard. I, I didn't have the right equipment to do it, so my, one of my neighbors down the road did. He came over and drilled my yard. And uh, what that means is he put a lot of seed, put a hundred pounds of seed, drilled the yard for me. He had a machine right down the road from me, and I got him to do it. And I told my wife this morning, I said, uh, it's probably going to be a pretty good crop of grass down there in the woods. <laughs> so it probably was. I hope it didn't. So we got to get the seed out of the barn. Now, let me ask you a question this morning. Why does the seed remain in the barn this morning? I'll give you two or three reasons I'm done. Number one. I want to say, first of all, look in your Bible, and I want to show you in the Bible each one of them. Look at chapter 1 and verse number 5. The Bible said, Now therefore, thus saith the Lord uh, of hosts, consider whose ways? Your ways. I want to say, first of all, the seed will remain in the barn when we're not partakers. You see, we need to consider our way. And if we're not saved, we need to get saved. And, and by the way, the, a Baptist church is a good mission field. Yeah, I know a lot of Baptists get saved. You don't go to heaven because you're a Baptist. You go to heaven because you're born again. And I want to say this to you this morning. The seed will remain in the barn when we're not partakers. Do you remember the day you heard the gospel? Do you remember the day that the Spirit of God spoke to your heart? And I remember that day very well. And I want to say this to you this morning. What a joy it is. You know what Paul said? 1 Corinthians chapter number 15, verse number 3. Paul said, I declare unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures and that he was buried and then that he rose again the third day. Paul said, I, I, I delivered unto you first of all that which I received. You see, you can't give nobody else a seed if you've not received it yourself. Uh, you can't take nobody where you've not been yourself. And, and I want to say this to you this morning, the seed will remain in the barn when you and I are not partakers today. 
I remember years ago, I had a friend when I, when I was at Turner's Creek, and uh, he never would come to church. Uh, probably a multi-millionaire still lives in our county. And uh, probably a multi-millionaire, but I never could get him to come to church. And uh, you'd say, why don't you get him come, why don't you come to church? He's a millionaire, but anyhow, I didn't mean that. He, I never could get him to come to church, but he's my friend, and still is my friend today. And, uh, but he had a problem. He had a drinking problem. And uh, he was very relig- religious, but he wouldn't go to church. One morning about 2 o'clock in the morning, my phone rang, and I picked it up. And you know what it said? Hello? And, uh, yeah, what's wrong? Uh, hello? And on the other end, my friend was on the other end. I'm not going to call his name. And uh, he said, preacher. And I knew as soon as he said preacher, he was drunk or a hoodow. He was drunk. And uh, he has a big garage over there. And he said, preacher, he said, I need you. I said, what do you want, Donnie? What do you want? And he said, uh, I got five men over here in my garage right now, two o'clock on a Sunday morning. I've got five men over here in my garage right now, and I'm teaching them the book of Revelations, and we need some help. (laughs) I said, Donnie, sound to me like you're doing a pretty good job. I'll see you later, buddy. I hung up. You're not going to take nobody where you've not been yourself. The seed will stay in the barn when we're not partakers. And how true that is today. It didn't matter whether Paul stood before kings. Kingdoms are kin people. He'd always say, can I tell you what happened to me on the road to Damascus? I want to say the seed will stay in the barn when we're not partakers. Number two, look at chapter number one in verse 13. Bible says in verse 13, Then spake Haggai the Lord's messenger and the Lord's message unto the people. I'll say number two, the seed will stay in the barn when we don't present it. You know what Haggai's doing? He's presenting it. He's giving the message out. He's presenting it. And may I say to you this one, the seed will stay in the barn when we don't present it. I'll tell you something today. What a joy to tell somebody else about the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. I want to say what a joy. I, 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 love, I love sowing seed. I love sowing seed. I, I'm telling you, I love sowing seed. You mind if I say, you mind if I sow a little seed? Mind if I sow a little seed, Josh? Hey, Brother Randy, you mind if I sow a little seed? Hey, you mind if I sow a little seed? Brian Beasley, do you mind if I sow a little seed? Are, are you listening to me? Hey, that, that's what it is. We're sowing seed. And the seed will stay in the barn when we don't present it. Uh, by the way, y'all come to that church sometime. That's a pretty good church right there. And uh, the seed will stay in the barn when we don't present it. Uh, let me ask you a question today. Have you been telling anybody about the Lord? Have you, been, have you been sowing the seed? Have you been getting the seed out of the barn? The seed will stay in the barn when we don't present it. I was telling one of our missionaries some years ago when I was the North American director there from Macedonia. And I uh, from Brother Richard Johnson in Brooklyn, New York. There's more Jews in Brooklyn, New York, probably in Israel. I, I'm telling you, they're everywhere. I'm, I'm not kidding when I say that. They are everywhere. And uh, <clears throat> uh, Jehovah's Witnesses and Jews. That's a garden spot of both of them. But anyhow... <clears throat> Those Jews, they don't care for you and I, I'll promise you that. They don't care for what we are. They don't care. They don't believe the New Testament. All they believe is the 39 books of the Old Testament. And they don't believe the 39 books of the Old Testament. Because they believe the Isaiah 53, they'd get saved. But anyhow, we was out there giving out gospel tracts. I'm talking about presenting it, getting it out of the barn. And we was giving out gospel tracts. And the Pharisees of the Pharisees were up there. Those big old, they wear those black suits. They got them big old, big old hats. I'm talking about you can spot them a mile away. I'm standing there giving out gospel tracts. They despise us. They despise us. They despise fundamental churches. They're not going to have anything to do with them. I'm talking about them Jews. And we, we was giving out them tracts. And, 
this Jewish guy come by, and I said, Sir, can I share a gospel track with you? He looked at me and said, I'm Jewish. I said, uh, do what? He said, I'm Jewish. I said, hey, I'm from down here in the mountain. You go out and slow down a little bit. I'm not understanding what you're saying. He said, I'm Jewish. And uh, I said, wonderful, wonderful. And he said, are you Jewish? I said, I'm not, but my father is. He grabbed my track and thanked me for it. <laughs> he sure did. And uh, you say, you lied to him. I'm not lying a bit. My father is Jewish. Uh, are y'all hearing me? The seed will stay in the barn when you don't present it. And I want to say this to you real quick. What a joy. You know why Christ left the church on planet Earth? Y'all know why we're here this morning? Are y'all ready for this? The reason we're here this morning is to tell others about Christ. Every Christian is an evangelist. Every believer is a missionary. Every individual that you meet is a potential mission field, and our job is to, uh, is to tell them about Christ. I like what John Wesley said. John Wesley said to his students, your only business is salvation of others. And that is so true this morning. And what a joy, what a joy to tell others about Christ. Listen to me this morning. I'll just give the seed out. Just give the seed out. Just give the seed out. You'll get the job done if you'll give it out. Uh, let, let, let me illustrate this way. Let's just say that Brother Randy has a medicine that will take care of cancer. And Brother Robert's wife gets cancer, God forbid. But let's just say she gets cancer. And Brother Randy has a medicine that he has discovered, that he's invented, he's a smart man, and uh, that will take care of, of Miss Christie's cancer. And Brother Robert goes to Brother Randy and says, uh, my wife's dying with cancer. Would you mind sharing that medicine with me? Brother Randy looks at Brother Robert and says, no, sir. You ain't getting my medicine. I, I'm not going to share it with you. Brother Robert, if he did that, I think he'd, he'd be a dog, wouldn't he? I mean, he'd be a dog if he'd done that, wouldn't he? He'd he, he call you a dog. But listen, he, he, <laughs> hey, listen to me this morning. Do you realize you and I have a medicine? There's a world that's going to hell. There's a world that's got a disease. There's a world that's going to die and die eternally and die and go to hell. But thank God you and I have the remedy. You and I have the medicine. we got to get the seed out of the barn this morning. Hey, the seed in the barn won't get the job done. Hey, the seed will stay in the barn when we don't present it. The seed will stay in the barn when we're not partakers. Boy, I will tell you, when you give it out, it gives life. It gives light. It gives love. It gives liberty. It gives a lot of things. The seed will stay in the barn when we don't present it. Number three, and by the way, I want to say as we present the seed, we ought to present it with compassion. Having compassion making a difference. And compassion makes a big, big, big difference. Give it out with tears. They that sow in tears. Psalm 126, verse 3 and 4 down through there. Five and six. They that sow in tears shall reap in joy. He that goeth forth weepeth and beareth precious seed shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. Hallelujah, man. There's nothing in the world like sowing seed and seeing God take that seed and seeing God work in the hearts of those that's not saved and how that brings conviction in their soul and there comes a time of conversion. There's nothing like that. My first Sunday at Southside, and, uh, of course, I'm just there when I'm not preaching meats, but I'm getting ready to be there a good bit. I'm looking forward to being there. But uh, I'll be there tonight. Y'all have church tonight. But I'm moving on. But listen, uh, I'll be there tonight. But hear what I started to say. Listen to me. Uh, my first Sunday there, 
I did the pastor's funeral on Saturday and the local fire department came to direct traffic that day. One of the girls that was in that fire department uh, heard me during that funeral and came there. And on Sunday morning, to my shock and amaze and surprisement, she walks in the door. And uh, I, 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 I couldn't believe it. If you knew who she was, I, I'm not going into that story, but I couldn't believe it, but she come. Boy, on Sunday morning I preached, I seen the Holy Ghost take the seed of the Word of God and work mildly deep in her heart. And boy, I'm telling you, I watched her get her conviction during that very first service. And uh, she raised her hand that she's lost, 17 years old, but she wouldn't come to the altar. And lo and behold, uh, she came back. And she came back. And when I've not been there, Brother Matthew, the voice preaching, when I'm not there, she'd been coming back. And she's been coming back. The other night I preached on Sunday night. When I got done preaching, God rung her bell. Do y'all understand that kind of language? You ever had your bell rung? And, uh, and I'm not talking about the scale bell up here. I'm talking about the Spirit of God. God rung her bell. And her mother come with her that night. And uh, so she would not come to the altar. I extended the invitation. She would not come. And I'm sitting in the vestibule as they come out. And we're sitting there talking, and I said, uh, I got around to the subject pretty quick. I said, you don't have no peace. You're not happy. Uh, you, you, you're miserable. You're not happy. I can see it's wrote all over your face. And boy, them big old tears swell up in her eyes. I took her back to the back part of the church, and the room back there has a couch and stuff, and sat down, and guess what happened? Took the Bible, and in about 10 minutes led her to save the knowledge of Christ. She got born into the family of God. Now when she sits that time and watches me preach, she sits there and smiles at me. <laughs> hey, plant the seed. Get the seed out of the barn. And the seed will stay in the barn when you don't present it. Hey, we need to present it with compassion. We need to present it with love. Uh, you want me to tell you why I'm saved this morning? I'm saved because of somebody's hot, salty tears. That wept over my soul. How the seed will stay in the barn when you and I don't present it with compassion. Then I want to say this quickly this morning. Is the seed yet in the barn? It is if you're not partaker. It is if you're not presenting it. But can I just say this quickly this morning? The seed will stay in the barn when we don't pray. Isn't that so true? The seed will stay in the barn when we don't pray. Let me tell you something. One of the greatest things you'll ever do. Uh, one of the greatest things you'll ever do if you're a preacher our pastor and missionaries, the greatest thing you'll ever do for him is pray for him. You know what the Apostle Paul said? Paul said in 2 Thessalonians chapter number 3, verse number 1, he said, brethren, pray for us that the Word of God may have free course. It might have right away in free course. You'd be shocked and amazed if you could look with a natural eye and see the invisible enemy that's in this room this morning. I'll promise you, listen to me, I'll promise you the devil don't want me to say what I'm, what I'm saying. And I'll promise you the devil doesn't want those Sunday school teachers that church to say what they're saying. And I'll promise you the devil doesn't want your pastor and our pastor to get there on Sunday morning and thunder out at the word. He don't want that. And Paul said, pray that the word of God may have free course and right away. Right, listen to me this morning. One of the greatest things you'll do, ever do for your pastor and one of the greatest things we'll ever do for a missionary is pray for him. Our money can put him on the field, but to take our prayers, keep him on the field. I'm telling you, the demonic forces there is in foreign countries. And by the way, America's about got that way. I, I was talking on radio yesterday about how one of these days what this country's going to be like if it goes the way it looks like it's going to go. And I don't even want to go there. I don't even want to think about it. But I'll tell you even right now as I speak, a demonic forces and power. Oh, brother, when, when I pastored, and I know y'all think I'm mean, but when I pastored, you know what I'd done between Sunday and Sunday school time? Unless I was teaching my new converse class, and I always taught that. 
If, I'm not, if I wasn't teaching you converse class, guess what I'd done? Between Sunday school and preaching, I hid myself. Nobody knew where I was at except my wife. I hid myself. You say, why? Because I didn't want to hear about every Tom, Dick, and Harry. I didn't want to hear about every ingrown toenail, never heard a braid jerked out. I, I didn't want to hear that. Now, if you don't tell me that after church, it'd be okay. But when it comes time to preach, leave me alone. Let God, hello, I'm preaching good. And I'll tell you, that, y'all do that for your pastor. Hey, y'all to hide him away. You say, well, he's out here running around. Well, put him in a side, take crossroad and put him in the woods over there. Uh, he needs to pray. Are you listening to me? And listen to what I'm saying to you this morning. And I can say that because he's my son. I would normally say that about pastor. But anyhow, I'll say this to you this morning. Hey, the, the, the demonic forces. Paul said, pray that the word of God might have free course and right. You'd be shocked if you knew what people were thinking while the preacher's preaching. You, you, you'd be shocked. So we need to pray. Uh, the seed will stay in the barn when we don't pray. Pray that the word of God will have free course. And right away, walk up down these aisles and the Holy Ghost will take it and work in the hearts of those that's not saved. Paul said, brethren, pray for us. Uh, Samuel said this, 1 Samuel chapter 12, verse 23. Uh, he said, uh, uh, Samuel said, God forbid that I sin by not praying uh, for God's people. And I'll say to you this morning, God forbid that we sin by not praying. I'll say it again. Our money can put a missionary on the field. But I'll promise you, it'll take our prayers to keep them on the field. And I, oh, how true that is this morning. You need to pray for them. And, and again, let me just say this quickly today in passing. Your number one missionary is sitting right back under. That's the number one missionary in this area. Your number, if you support a thousand missionaries and pray for every one of them and take good care of every one of them and let that one go in need, you're going to miss it. Your number one missionary is sitting right there. And I want to say this to you this morning. You need to pray for him. I'll promise you that. I know the pressure of pastoring. I did that for almost 40 years. I know about that stuff. And I'll say to you this morning, the seed will stay in the barn when we don't pray. Boy, what a difference it makes, man. What a difference it makes when you pray. It's rough grinding when you're not praying. It's like trying to push a lawnmower and the wheels about half froze up. They had no oil or grease on them in years. Squeak and push and pull. That's tough grinding. But when you get it all up good, I'm about to get happier. Y'all hear me preach? When you get it greased up good with some about wheel grease and, and, uh, and bearing grease, oh, brother, you just kind of flip it a little bit and she'll take off. And, uh, and I will say to you this morning, that's the way preaching is. That's the way our missionaries is today. The seed will stay in the barn when we don't pray. You say, what should I pray for the missionaries? You ought to pray for their spiritual condition. You ought to pray about their physical condition. You ought to pray about their domestic condition. You ought to pray about their emotional condition. You ought to pray about their mental condition. Then you ought to pray about their financial condition. You say, well, you put finances last. That's where it needs to be. Because the rest of that's not right. Ain't no need to give me any money. Say amen. And I'll just say to you this morning, the seed will stay in the barn when we don't pray. I close with this. The seed will stay in the barn, listen, when we're not partakers. Boy, oh boy. Oh, man. There's nothing in the world like seeing people get saved. Three weeks ago, I was preaching down in Kannapolis. And I got done preaching. And, and uh, several people raised their hand. But there's a woman on this side, a lady over here on this side, tattoos on her, over on this side, about 45 years old, raised her hand. That's she's lost. I didn't even, I didn't even get started in the invitation. Here she come running to the altar. There's another woman over here on this side, about 32 years old. And uh, I didn't even get started good enough. Here she come down that side. Then oh, here's a boy about 17, 18 years old, 16, 17 years old on this side. He come running down. Guess what happened to all them people? Are oh, y'all hearing me preach this morning? There's nothing in the world 
I was preaching Brother Cox the other day down in Marksville two weeks ago. And boy, I got done preaching. Here come a young man down the aisle, got born into the family of God. Didn't only get born into the family of God. Ten minutes later, they baptized him. Amen. Took him right through the vestry and baptized But hear me this morning. Ain't nothing like seeing people get saved. And that's what the seed is about. Get the seed out of the barn and sow the seed. And we might have a harvest and see people saved. The seed will stay in the barn when we're not partakers. The seed will stay in the barn when we don't present it. The seed will stay in the barn when we don't pray. Number four, the seed. And watch this verse. Look at chapter 2, verse 8. Bible says in chapter 2, verse 8. The silver is mine, and the gold is mine, saith the Lord of hosts. Look up here and listen to this. That's not only his, everything in between is his too. So the seed will stay in the barn when we don't pray, but number four, the seed will stay in the barn when we don't pay. Well, it got flat in here. Is everybody still awake? I said when we don't pay. What are you talking about, preacher? I'm talking about giving a faith promise. I'm talking about paying. Let me tell you something this morning. You don't have nothing to start with. Well, you don't realize where I live. I do realize where you live. You don't have nothing. Are y'all looking at, look up here and listen to me. There ain't one of us in this room got anything. Not a thing. Not a thing. Uh, everything I got, God has given it to me. It's His. It's not mine, it's His. The clothes that I wear, uh, I, God give them to me. The shoes on my feet. I got, I got 125 feet dollars power shoes on for 20 some dollars. Give faith, promise God to do that stuff for you. Huh? Yeah, are you listening to me? And, and hear me this morning. Everything I got is His. I don't care where you live. I don't care what you own. I don't care what you drive. God give that to you. And it's His this morning. So I want to say to you, the seed will stay in the barn when we don't pay. What a joy. The silver's His. The gold's His. David said, God forbid that I take anything free. And I don't have time to give that illustration in 2 Samuel. David said, God forbid that I take anything that's not free. I, I, I want to pay for it. I want to pay for it. And I want to say this to you this morning. What a joy. What a joy to invest in the work of God. It's an investment. It's an investment. Look up here and listen to this. There's a lot of people as nervous as a long-tailed cat in a room full of rocking chairs right now. And I'll promise you a cat that's got a long tail and a room full of rocking chairs is pretty nervous. Uh -huh. Cats come around my house, they're pretty nervous too. His shotgun. It ain't a rocking chair, I mean. But he hear me, hear me, hear me. Uh, <laughs> strike out from the CD. But listen to this. Listen to this. Uh, the seed was saying tomorrow, we don't pay. And everything you've got and everything I've got this morning, it belongs to him. And, and here's what I started to say. There's a lot of people as nervous as can be this morning. They're watching the stock market 42 times a day to see what it's going to do. Hear this. I know where you can invest this morning and get a 1,000% back on your money. And you'll not lose one dime. Edward Jones cannot guarantee that. The bank cannot guarantee that. But I know where you can invest this morning and not lose one penny. You lay treasures up on the other side. I heard J. Harold Smith preaching years ago. He said this old timer that was in his church had buried like thirty or forty thousand dollars in his backyard and buried it in cork hands and screwed the top down tight. It had been out in his backyard for a number of years. The kids knew where it was at, and the old man died. 
And the kids went out after Daddy died to dig up those quart jars that had that thirty or forty thousand dollars in it. And Brother Randy, when they got down to where the cans were, something happened. They got broke and busted, and all they found was some green dust. Huh? I know where you can put your green dust, and it'll be all together when you get there. Are you hearing me this morning? The seed will stay in the barn when we don't pay. Father, the great question is asked in this little minor prophet. Is the seed yet in the barn? And it is yet in the barn for many reasons. But I pray give us grit and grace and give us determination to help get the seed out of the barn that a world may be reached with the gospel. In Jesus' name, amen.